Fuel your day and jolt your taste buds with the amazing flavor of new Sparkling Ice Plus Energy. It's a better-for-you energy drink with the sparkling ice flavor you love. Plus, it's packed with B and E vitamins, electrolytes, and natural caffeine for an extra boost of energy, all with zero sugar and focus support. So go ahead, make the most of your work days, gym days, and out-of-office days. Do it all with Sparkling Ice Plus Energy, available at your local Hy-Vee. Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Well, good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. Uh, this 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Kind of a rainy morning, but looks like that's over with. So uh, get out, get our projects done. It's a great day to get projects done like this. Tell you what, this is an interactive call-in show. You uh, have the questions. We got the answers. We'll uh, point you in the right directions, let you know kind of where we're at. I'm Bob. Sitting next to me, as always, is Kyle. We will answer those questions and uh, try to get you in the right direction. But you know, maybe you're maybe you're trying to fix your car so you can go to the Husker game. If you're not already there, yeah, maybe you're already partying, tailgating. It starts at six. Yeah, yeah. So you should have started. Might as well get a good twelve hours of tailgating in. <laughs> you should have started get there about right at the crack of dawn. Two hours ago. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be. Yeah, you don't want to be what you're going to be at 6 when the game starts. I mean, what the heck? So There's got to be a statistic out there for tailgaters that don't make it into the game. Oh, I, and I think there's a lot that don't even try to make it into the game. I, I see that. They, they bring the TV in the whole nine yards, and uh, they got the best seat in front of their big, huge TV that they pull out. And, oh, yeah, yeah. it's. And I mean, don't get me I get it. I mean, we were talking about ticket prices off the air here. Yeah. And, I mean, not only that, the cost of parking anymore. I mean. Yeah. Ten yeah. years ago, that's the cost of your ticket. Yeah, you used to get into the uh, for twenty four ninety five. Now it's twenty four hundred dollars to get into some. Yeah. So and uh, we're yeah, that's where Kyle's going. Yeah. We are Buchanan Service Centers, fiftieth and Dodge, eightieth and Dodge, guaranteed breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We're on Dodge, one of the very uh, so stop in and see us. So. You know, the one thing that's kind of first and foremost of um, on everybody's heard it so far is the strike at uh, on the, the American car makers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, did they the, finally announce that? Because I know that they were talking about. Yeah, it. they did it. Yep, uh, Thursday, Friday morning. That's wow. what it was. So they struck at um, three individual strategic plants that kind of puts work stoppage kind of going on there, and then it also cascaded into another 600 people that uh, got furloughed because uh, they can't do their job if those people aren't there. Mm-hmm. So it, it, yeah, so they got quite a few out. But, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do and decide what they're going to do decide, and they'll hash that over, and that's not for us. But what's it going to impact for you as a consumer out there buying a car? Well. Not only that, parts as well. 
barged as well. Everything yeah. held it, up. Depending on how long it goes, I've, I've read a couple of estimates. It could jump into a you know $40 billion deal if it cascades down to everybody else, if it lasts for a long time. It kind of depends. But, you know, the big winners here are going to be the anybody that's not the the big three, you know, all the all the foreign cars, mm-hmm. you know, and that they're just going to gravitate over there and they're going to sell a bunch more. But for right now, there's probably 95 to 100 days. And that's kind of how they do it. The inventory is at, at about a 100 day level, which you stop and think about it. That's a lot of cars. Yeah, that's a lot of cars. So, and I mean, what are they considering a hundred day level? I mean, they're just basing it on average sales. Or? Yep, yep, average sales. Okay, average sales per day, okay. hundred day level, and I'm not sure what the. I, I imagine I'm not sure exactly what that'd be an interesting number to find out how many oh, cars are sold in the every day. But I bet I mean, you it's. I worked at a car lot for a brief period of time. I mean, there's days you don't sell any cars. I bet you it's you know twenty five hundred or five thousand sure. dollars or five thousand a car a day uh-huh. you know excluding some day you know sundays and stuff like that but that's gonna be an interesting number we'll have to find out what that is yeah so 100 days can last quite a while and then all of a sudden you've got nothing and then you've got to build it all back up so i don't know in the short term whether you got to really worry to run out and get that car maybe if you're already on the, the fence and you're shopping maybe do it now versus waiting and say yeah i think i'll do it later because Maybe what you have now and the color that you want and all that kind of stuff is there. If you wait, um, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 days, it may not be there because there are some people, believe it or not, Kyle, that just grab what's ever on the lot. Oh, yeah. It's got four doors and tires, and it's they don't care the color. They don't care anything. They just need a car that goes back and forth, and we're not in that particular category. We're Oh, no. We're, we go, we're, we're on a mission. We're on a mission. We're touchy feely. Yeah. Got to drive. We have it. our target in sight, and we're hunting. Yes, yes. We gotta. We gotta have the color. We gotta have the mm-hmm. the wheels, the tires. I mean, it's all got to be there. And if it's not there, we'll go find something different. We're not. Uh, we've owned too many cars in order to. Oh yeah. You know, we got, we don't care about the rest. We drive too many. We've had too many. So. But all right, let's head over into uh, cars. Let's uh, talk to Mark. Mark's got a 2020 Equinox. Mark, what's going on today? Hey guys, um, I'm pretty sure I've been trying to check. I got a park assist uh, fault when I put the car in reverse, and I've been trying to check for power back at those little sensors in my rear bumper. First of all, those connectors are just a real joy to try to get apart with one hand. I, I don't think it can be done with one hand. Are um, you trying to test it at the sensor? Yeah, so trying to see if I got power and go over I to finally, the driver's side. There's a big bulkhead connector where all that, all those wires go to back inside that bumper, and you can test it there. Oh, yeah, that way you don't have to try to squeeze your hand in between that bumper cover and the actual brace. Oh. Yeah, so you'll have a wiring harness coming down one side of the car, and you say it's on the driver's side. On the side? driver's side, on right the driver's behind side. the wheel well. Yeah, and then it just kind of trickles over to the passenger side. Most all your okay. wiring kind of does that in a car. So some will go down drivers and passenger side. Some will just come down one side and over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay. So on my follow-on, if I need to remove that, if I need to replace one of those sensors, um, first, I guess my question is, if I take that bump, I'm trying to take the bumper off, if I wanted to, does it take two people 
with their little uh, putty knives trying to trying trying to, to de- depress little plastic uh, snaps. Or I mean, it looks like to me that it's going to take two people. Are you talking with, about uh, to pull the bumper off the fender? Right, right. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a video that'll show you using a special tool to release those clips. Um, here's what I do. Take all your screws and hardware out. Get your hand in behind, up there, kind of close by that, and one quick yank. Yeah, and it'll it's come It's all going to come Oh, yep. yeah. Oh, okay. Don't try um, to gently pull on it or anything. Just one quick boom. <laughs> it's designed for the quick okay. boom. Yep. Okay. Can I ask you about one other car real quick then? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a 2015 Verano, and it's got no blower fan in the past in the cabin, and all my fuses are good. Um, I'm trying to find that uh, resistor pack or the blower resistors, and I'm just I cannot find it. I don't see it on YouTube. Uh, I looked in under the passengers' uh, feet area mm-hmm. under the dash. Um, and then, of course, I looked in the passenger in the engine compartment in the passenger side, and um, I guess I'm just trying to see if I got power to my blower resistors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for some reason, and a Nissan decided to move it where from over there in that area where right where your toes would point up on the passenger side. They just this is a Buick. This oh, is a Buick. Buick? Yep. Buick Verano. Oh, Verano. I thought you said Marano. Okay. Yeah, right. Verano. I, I, I couldn't hear that well. Okay. All right. Yeah, they should be still back over in that area. I, I don't think they Yeah. I, okay, so it's a blower motor control module. It's behind the center of the dash. Oh, no. Yeah, they don't use a resistor anymore. Yeah, it's all control. So this is going to be, you've got your center stack right there above your console. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's going to be a smaller black box with probably about eight wires going to it. Okay. Um, you know, give or take. There might be eight sections for wires, but there might only be six or seven used. Tap on it a little so, bit. Check for bad connections or burnt wires. Hopefully I don't have to pull the whole dash. I can just no. pull out that You'll climate control. You'll pull out that center stack deal, and it'll be behind there. It's not going to be like your actual control head. That's a different part. This is going okay. to be small, probably about the size of a cellular telephone. And yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It'll be pretty pretty much right behind all that stuff. I think that they're on a bracket that's kind of mounted there. You're not going to have to take your whole dash out to change it, I would bet. Okay. Hey, I love your guys' commercials. Hey, yeah, we do too. We like the guy that does it. He's a great guy. That's <laughs> yeah, Steve. We'll talk to you later. Appreciate the call. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We'll be back in a quick minute. Need mechanic help, but you're nowhere near a mechanic? Well, just ask Siri. Hey, Siri, I just got a flat tire. What should I do? You should go back to your childhood and learn how to change a tire like a normal person. Oh, well, that's not what I expected you to say. Siri the Mechanic is now available on all smartphone devices. Hey Siri, how long has it been since my last oil change? It's been 10 years since your last oil change. Wait, what? That can't be right. Oh, my mistake. That's when you should have become an adult and started keeping track of this stuff on your own. Touche, Siri. Touche. 
Having car trouble? Just ask Siri the Mechanic, a proud sponsor of the Mr. Mechanic Show. The Mr. Mechanic Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Two locations, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. 35 years running doing this show, I think it is. Mm. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of years, we love doing it. We're going to head over to Brad, 2016 Town & Country. Brad, what's going on? Well, last week I got called in to work at 1.30 in the morning. I was low on gas, got it taken care of, went home, got called right back about 5.30, and almost ran out of gas on my way back in because I'm a dumb person. Anyway, got to the gas station before I ran out, got gas in it, but then it started acting up, and uh, as long as I'm accelerating, everything's fine, but as soon as I... You know, try to just uh, get to a cruising speed. It starts shimmying and shaking. The last time it did this to me, it was a bad ignition coil. Um, does that sound like what probably is again? Would that cause it with, gotta, with running low? You got a check engine light on. It's flashing. Yep. Yeah. You got a misfire. Yeah. Sounds okay. like a, about five other things too, but uh, I think you're on on track for. Yeah, you got a flashing check engine light. There's a cylinder that is not firing. Right. Oh, okay. Is there a simple way to figure out which one it is? Well. Well, you got six cylinders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can, um, if it's misfiring at an idle, you can pull the plug wires off one at a time and see. Oh, that's a sixteen. That's coil on plug. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is yeah. it coil got on it. plug or do you have wires? Uh, it's it's uh, individual ignition coils, you know. Okay. Yep. Okay. So yeah, you can unscrew each one, pull them up individually, see which one doesn't change the way it's running. Mm-hmm. That's one way to do it. Okay. Those back three are going to be really tough to get to. To achieve that, though, um, the other thing you can go and have the car scanned. It'll pull up okay. which cylinder is misfiring. And that's probably the better way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go have it scanned at a parts store or. You know, just go buy one off of Amazon for thirty nine dollars, and oh sure, look for one that says a PO three hundred six or PO three hundred three, and that 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 directs you towards the cylinder that it's there and which one it is. And that doesn't mean it's got a coil or a plug bad, but that's at least it isolates it to the cylinder, and then you can kind of figure it out. And if you want to say say it's a PO three hundred three, you know, a number three cylinder, you can switch that with the one next to it. And then see if it follows. If it follows, you know you got a coil problem. Okay. Does that make that helps that you out sense. a little bit? Yeah, makes sense. That, that way you're not that way you're not buying parts to bring it back and uh, it doesn't quite fix the problem. At least you kind of self-diagnosed it a little bit. But pulling the coils okay. off, you can do that. It's just not the greatest for the system to do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys. Thank you very much. You bet, Brad. Appreciate the call. All right, we're going to head over to Randy. Randy's got a 99 Suburban. Randy, what's going on today? Well, you guys have fixed about four of my vehicles for me. Um, you're great. Listen every week. Bill's in the mail. <laughs> hey, hey, you guys are wonderful. <laughs> the only thing is if you want to make some extra money, you ought to sell all them 
you ought to make a CD of all the Mister Mechanic commercials because they could. That would be a great income. We're working on that for the holiday season. Yeah, great yeah. stocking yeah. stuffers. We've... Seriously, seriously, it it they're wonderful We've... in 2023. Yeah. Anyway, 99 Suburban hit a ravine trying to make it out of a field deer hunting. Uh, had it aligned. Didn't seem to help it. Thing just wanted to keep pulling to the right. Changed the tires. Replaced the tires. Changed the front tires left to right. Rear tires went out. Put the brand new tires on the front. Tried that. Changed the drag link. Inner and outer tie rod ends. Pitman arm. Idler arm. And two weeks ago, a guy called in and you mentioned a steering shaft. Unless you think it's in the box. I hit I hit this ravine so, really hard. So you're having a pulling issue. Yeah. That's what I was you're saying. And it can sh- pull to the left or it can pull to the right. And honest to God, this ninety nine Suburban's got hundred and fourteen thousand miles on it. I've had it for fourteen years and it had seventy two thousand on it when I bought it fourteen years ago. And the thing drove perfect. And I'm so mad that I did this to this thing, but I couldn't see this ravine. So where are you taking it for alignments? Right. Let me ask you that. And is it out, or they say it's as close as they can get it? They've done it twice, and they said it's perfect. Are you taking it to just like a corner alignment shop, or you may want to, since there was a collision involved in this, you may want to seek out a frame repair shop. Well, this guy is a half body shop too, and I've had really good success okay. with okay. them. Well, you know, and not yeah, okay. So that's kind of what we're after. Is it? Are you? Is it just basic alignment guy that says, okay, well, it's close. Uh, there you go. Have a nice day. Or is a guy that's getting in depth with something? Oh, oh. because he's one dealt thing, with crash vehicles. Thing, so it sounds like you are. It sounds like you've got the the next level. Well, one thing they mentioned is they thought my upper control arm bushings were getting a little bit loose. Would that do it? Yeah, but I mean, a little bit loose is not that big a deal. I mean, it wasn't. It was a little bit loose before you hit the ravine, and you didn't have a problem. It, it didn't change right, probably correct. that much. I'm wondering if you didn't. Did you replace the gearbox? No, sir. I wonder if you didn't. I wonder if you didn't hit the gearbox hard enough because. It's a worm gear inside there. We know how gearbox works. Gearbox works. If you're just going, it's wanting to go right and then wants to go left, but doesn't really have. Seems like it's right. just wandering, and that's your right. lost its center. Lost its center. To to answer right. your question, was that steering shaft that we talked about last week or the week before? Kind of well, it's possible. They more cause a binding in those U joints. Usually, you got something more down the road that's. I would imagine direction specific. I agree, and I'd imagine well, that if that if that shaft went bad, um, that you'd have had to hit it hard enough to collapse that. Yeah. That collapse the steering wheel. You could probably see what was going on in there. It makes me well. It, when I looked at that steering shaft, it doesn't look like there's like real U joints. It's like where it just bolts up. It looks like there's a fiber thing. It's but like a going... CV joint kind of thing in there. It's not. Yeah, you know. So I had a '98 uh, Silverado way back when, and okay, it's. I had a problem. Everything else was tight with it, and it just in that era of truck, the gearbox could be 
a little wandery, if that's a word. It's not, but that's right, kind of right, what yeah. it is. <laughs> and it, at times, it would be just a little loose to the left and a little loose to the right, and it never bothered me because it wasn't that bad. But okay. I know that we have replaced those in the past because of that. And, and Is the, that gearbox adjustable, do you know? Uh, yes, there's it a is. screw on it that you can tighten something up because yep, my is. guy tried to tighten that up. And how much did you do? You you want to you, you don't want to go too far. No. You have a bigger issue. You want to go eighth of a turn or or when that or a quarter turn at a time. You do not want to go deep on or too much. You want to go down well, just a little well, bit. Since he did it, I think I could. That's something I could experiment with myself just to see if it made a difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. up up is loose, down is tight. If you go down too far, it'll bind. And but like I say, go in quarter. In, it's kind of by the seat of your pants. It is by the seat of your pants. It's like Justin a carburetor, okay. but at least that'll okay. at least that'll take it away or make it worse. And you go, okay, well, there we go. We'll put it in different. Put well, it in. at its at its age, what do you, is there rebuilt steering boxes? Oh, you bet there is. Sure. Okay. The, the cheapest. I just don't the, want to get some. Mine's low miles. Yeah. I mean, the cheapest one's not the one you want to head towards. You want to get a good okay. one because they've already had kind of an issue in that area to begin with way back then. Don't buy the, the cheapest one. Buy a good one. You mean they had problems with them wandering in the boxes go wearing? or Yeah, they, they had a problem it. out of the factory is what they did. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Well, I love this thing. It's not all rusted out. Yeah, and, yeah keep it and going. It'll run forever. It cheap taxes and uh, does everything I need it to do. And, uh, um, hey, you guys are great. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Listen every week. Get that CD of all those commercials. Yeah, we'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Appreciate the call, Rick. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We'll be back in a minute. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We're going to head straight into a full bank of calls. Uh, Rick, 95 Buick. Rick, you're up. What's up? How's it going today? Good. All right. 163,500 miles on this old beast. I've had it about 15 years. And it just started about a month ago. I was uh, driving it, drive 30, 40 miles with it, park it, and come out 5, 10 minutes later and try to start it. And as you start it up, it misfires, and it doesn't come out of it. But if you let it sit for two, three hours, and it, it starts up and runs fine again until you drive it and shut it off, and it misfires again. So you got a hot soak misfire. Sounds like an ignition module. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Yep. I went. I went and I looked. I seen I haven't did a tune up on it. Fifty, sixty thousand. So I put all new plugs, new plug wires, even new ignition coils on it and it still did it and uh well it's had a new catalytic converter put on it about a year and a half ago mass flow sensor about a year and a half ago clean took that out and sprayed it cleaned it out the one thing i would also check on this car is the grounds the the grounds that go to the back of the transmission and the and the ground that goes over behind uh, underneath that ignition module too and uh the the positive battery connections on there also because those are side posts so yeah, yeah they're they come loose yeah, and they I, yeah. Put a, I, I do a new battery i put a new battery in it in may and new new uh it, there's 
there's no problem with the good, battery. Good. I do agree with Kyle, though. It sounds like you got a, a misfire going on with maybe a hot soak on an ignition module. So when it does misfire, can you pull off those wires? Because it's or the, the, the wires off of the coils and see which one is, is not sparking? Yeah, it's a number two cylinder. I know yeah, that. Yeah. I, I, and then the only other thing that I would add to that would be a crankshaft position sensor. If you've got a problem with a, uh, mm-hmm. the harmonic balancer that can slip or, but that would be more all the time. I think. That'd be more all the time. And I think that's a number two. It's still a sensor, but I, I'm agreeing with Kyle. I, I think that module is, is, uh, go find a used one in a salvage yard and, uh, change it out. It doesn't cost you much and, and see if that solves your problem. Which, what, what module is that? The ignition, the ignition module. module. Right underneath, underneath your coils. Correct. Underneath the coils. Oh, that one so there. Okay. What makes those modules go bad is the coils. Mm-hmm. So when the uh-huh. coils short out uh, or they leak spark or whatever, it takes that spark that jumps out of there about two, three inches, hits the coil, and next thing you know, it'll go bad. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took it to a mechanic. He kind of checked it all out for me. There's no check engine light or nothing. Mm-hmm. And he, he looked at it, and his best guess, well, all the sensors were good to him. He's thinking the ECM unit's going bad on it. But wouldn't that go out completely? Well, That'd be a reach for me. Yeah. I'm it, going to that ignition module before I go to anything. If I you do. if you can pull a wire and don't see any spark coming out of that coil, you've got a problem with the module. Now if you can okay. if you can pull that let's just say number three, for example. It's if you pull number three wire and you see good spark, okay, well, well we know we got good spark going down to the plug. Now we're checking um injector. Mm-hmm. Or injector mm-hmm. pulse, and then spark plug I, compression. Yeah, and then if you don't have any injector pulse going to that particular deal, then I'm heading towards the computer. Yes, because your your driver is not driving that particular injector. So okay, so wait, you said spark. That's why we're heading there. Yeah. Right. So uh, yeah, just take off the coil packs and the the base of this unit you're talking. Right. Replace this. Right. Yep. All right. Well, that's the last thing, I guess. We'll see how it goes. It's always the last thing that fixes it. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know how it turns out. Appreciate appreciate the call, Rick. You bet. Thanks. All right, we're going to head over to Dave. Dave's got an 04 Corolla. Dave, what's going on? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. 04 sure. Corolla, it, ha- it has power door locks. It's not keyless entry, and it has man- manual window cranks. And uh, the door locks uh, quit working. What I've researched is they said check the 25-amp fuse. Mm-hmm. So I did that. Fuse is good, and it it also talks about an integration relay underneath. It's piggybacked on the fuse panel sure. underneath the driver's side. Yep. Are those relays specific uh, as far as like they've got like a ten digit number and junkyards full of them as far as but none of them are the right sequence for the right number. You're and gonna be the, hard to find the right exact number. Um, they're all twelve volt relays. They all do the same. Yeah, thing. I understand. I understand that it's it's a big, it's kind of large actually, and it, mm-hmm. it fits underneath the fuse panel on there. But what I was wondering is, do I have to find the relay in the same type of Toyota that has manual windows and no keyless entry? No, the door lock circuit's fit. probably going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want the pins to look pretty close to the same. If the number is not exactly on on the outside of the relay. Maybe that's not as critical as when you flip it upside down and look at the pin location, if that's in the same spot. Okay, I see. I, I know Toyota, they want about $250 for the correct one, but mm-hmm. I just thought, even online, I can't find 
that exact number. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's several of them for sale online. Now are you there. sure it's this relay, or are you just looking to kind of have a test? Or well, what, what, that's what I've researched. Okay. As far as you know, it's the relay. You know, like I said, they just all of a sudden just quit working. Sure. And the, like I said, the fuse. They said what I've researched says check that it's got a 25 amp fuse for that. In mm-hmm. the, and I've checked that; it's fine. And they said the next thing would be the relay. Well. You can take the plastic off of there, and you might have a contact inside there that you can kind of push back and forth and see if your things go back I and forth. I think I'm going to start at the switch in the driver's door. Do I have power there? Mm-hmm. If you got power there, you know your relay's fine. Right. Yeah. That, now, it would be continuous power or when you activate it? Key on power. You're going to have power there okay. waiting for you to hit the switch. Right. Then you hit the switch. Okay. That switch closes, sends power to uh, the other door lock motors, shuts those locks. That uh, would okay. be probably the okay. easiest thing to do. That way you're not tearing everything apart. You just got a door panel or popping that Oh, I've that been underneath up. these dashes. It's not fun. Yeah. Yeah, just check out your switch. Do you got power? Start there. Uh, yeah. All right, I'll do that and see, see if it's something else then. All right. Uh-huh. I appreciate it. You, you bet. bet. Hey, one other, one other thing, if you got a minute. Sure. I uh, had that uh, EVAP uh, light go on, and it ended up being the charcoal canister I had to change. That took care of it. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times it's integrated with the the all of that together. So, good. Glad it solved the problem. Okay, sir. Thanks, Thanks. Dave. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We're going to head over to Tom. Tom's got a 2010 Silverado. Tom, what's the problem today? Well, I've got a misfire in cylinder two. And I've had misfires before. Usually it's in cylinder seven because the, the plug fouls. Sure. So so I put a new plug in cylinder two. Uh, that didn't correct the misfire. I checked the spark to the plug. It, it's good. And then I uh, replaced the coil. Or I, I, I had my old coils. I had replaced them. I had put an old coil and wire back on. No change there. And then I got a Noid light and put it on the injector and I've got power to the injector. So I haven't tested compression. So my, my question is, do I just replace the injector? Do I replace all the injectors or do I try to test the, the compression before I do anything else? Compression before you do anything else. So we're going to go air fuel spark. And there's, there's like five or eight things we always go through air fuel spark Injector pulse. Um, I can't. I should write them all down. I did one time. Timing <laughs> is another one, um, and compression. But you mm-hmm. know, we know it's in time because everything else is not going to jump and just have one cylinder out. We got air. We got a fuel. We got spark. Um, yes, I'm doing compression before I'm doing anything else. And okay. compression bank to bank. Yeah, one one side have, to the other. Yeah, these have problems with the lifters and camshafts having problems going flat. Yeah, yeah, with the AFM or whatever the yep. fuel management. Yep. So that that could be your whole, so, that could be your whole problem right there. Because you guys. So if I if I get the compression tested and it's good, do I replace all the injectors or just the injector for for cylinder two? Just go with the one that's having a problem. The affected cylinder. Okay. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Yeah. And and when you pull that out, you can also. You turn it on, and, and yeah, I guess it's just easier to, to replace just the one. We could do some more yeah. testing on it and stuff like that, but it would be easier to replace just the one. 
and you know it should be fairly d- decent compression because it's not washed down if it's if it's working it's not going to be washed down but mm-hmm. you can always squirt some oil in there too and do some tests with nothing there and a little bit of oil in it and, and see if you what your readings change and, and i agree with kyle do it on the other side too so you know you got a good reading of what it should be and then and then what it actually is so so do it on say uh three then on the other side yeah any of them or one it, yeah. oh any of them they're well, big. whatever's okay. easiest Perfect. any opposite bang cylinder i mean if you only got one cylinder misfire and the other should be fine right you should have seven good awesome. candidates to test and so, so then, then I should get whatever the 140 or 120 compression, and it should match in cylinder two. Then, yeah, right. it's probably not going to match, but it'll be close enough. You're, you're looking to find out if it's 50 or 60. Yeah, you don't want a big difference. Yeah, you, you want it to be 120, you know, 140, whatever. But you're looking to see if the other one's 140 and this one's 60. Well, there's your problem. You got a mechanical issue. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Tom. I'll do that. Thank you. You bet. Yep. Appreciate the call. We're going to hand over to Bill. Bill's got a 2012 F-150. Bill, what's up? Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. I've got a uh, um, 2012 F-150, like you said. I've got a key fob problem. Um, I have two key fobs, and they both stopped working at the same time. Um, now, every so often, it will lock the vehicle, but it's it's never unlocked it uh, since I started having the problem. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's. I've got... changed batteries in the key fobs. Okay, that's always a good start. Most people don't do that, yeah. and that's that's the easiest thing to do because those are cheap. And right. so, so it's not. Well, I can't think you're having very rarely. So I, I'd imagine one key fob probably stays in the house all the time, and the other one you use most of the time. Correct. So the, I... the 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 fact that both of those would have got damaged or both of them wouldn't work or or pretty. Are pretty odd, um, so it's not it's not communicating with the vehicle. Mm. I don't know what I was leaning towards, but yeah, it's it's not. So we have a tool that um, that we we can we can put your key fob up to, and then we can say, okay, is this signal weak? Is this signal good? Is this dead? So it allows us to be able to say, okay, every button that we press on this particular key fob is working fine. And and if it's not, then we we get a key fob. If it is, then you know we say, okay, we got a problem with the truck. Have you tried to? It's 2012, so maybe try to do a uh, maybe a hard reset. So is this the key fob attached to the key, or is this a separate? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's attached to the key, but it's on the the key itself, right? Yeah, I guess we're going to want to make sure that it's actually working, even though you got new keys in it, that it Mm -hmm. actually goes. The fact that you had both of them go out at the same time leads me more towards something in the vehicle. Yeah, transmitter issue, something like that. Right. Maybe maybe take the negative and positive cable off and then hold them together for five minutes and uh, put it back together and see if something is a hard reset that that will solve your issue. Otherwise, you're probably going to have to go to a garage. You're going to have to get involved with it and uh, kind of see what codes are there and where it leads them. But you might, it's a, you know, I, it's a, just a system that might have gone bad, and you got to relearn it or okay. replace something so and relearn it. So you're saying take the battery cables off yes. and hold them together? Is that what you said? And hold them together. And what you're effectively doing on any car that, that you do this with, you're effectively just powering everything down. Um, 
It's just no different than when you restart your laptop. When you've got problems on your laptop and you can't figure out why things are going screwy and you shut it off and turn it back on and everything magically goes away. Same kind of right. thing. That's what we're doing. Okay. Try that first. We'll then, give that uh, a whirl. Let us know. See if we can help some more. All right. Thanks. You bet. Appreciate the call. So we're going to go over to Joe. Joe's got a 16 GMC pickup. Joe, what's up? Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you that I've done no diagnostics because this just happened this morning. Sure. So I was driving in the rain, and I just took note that my wipers felt slow. Look down, and my I'm charging about uh, 12 amps. Went to breakfast with my bride. Got out. Uh, left again, and it was at full 14 amps, and the wipers had good speed. Drove her through town a little bit, park in uh, on a task, get back in the car, now it's back down to 12. So it's coming and going. Do I just go right to the alternator, or what do I do? Check connections. Yeah, I would check the connections first. I would agree with that. Um, connection on the battery or connection on the alternator? Both. Both. Check any both. positive and ground connections you can find. They should be pretty right out in the open. Make sure you got good connections, then put your ramp meter up to the back of that alternator, see what it's doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. That'd be the first place we stop. This is an on-demand charging system in that car, so it will go 12 volts and 14 volts on its own because that's all the battery requires, but I would check the connections first. Yep. Yep. Appreciate it. All right. I think we're end of another show. That's it. We'll see you next week. Discover your next Ford with Woodhouse. The truck you've always wanted to the SUV you need, Woodhouse has the full lineup. Plus a huge selection guarantees you'll get the features that matter and at a smart price, like our current offer on a new Ford F-150. Or needing the versatility of an SUV to take on the everyday? Shop our offers going on now. Find your Ford with Woodhouse online or at one of our three convenient locations.